And welcome to the Life Support Live podcast, the weekly podcast that explores how Star Trek can help us to boldly go in our own lives to better ourselves and the rest of humanity. As a famous starship captain once said, and as another famous starship captain also once said, the one with the new series on the way, wherever our mission takes us, We'll try to have a little fun along the way. Always, always. That's the goal. Hi, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Ali Matu. And I'm Dr. Trek, Larry Nimacek. One of us is a real doctor. And we'll leave it to you to decide who that is. <laughs> hey, every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, we record this show live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook with our audience joining in and rebroadcast here as a podcast. If you'd like to join us live, check out the links in the show notes. And now, let's engage with our regularly scheduled program, Already in Progress. Today we're talking about the laws of nature. This is inspired by this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery, Terra Firma Part 1, I believe. And Mm -hmm. as all Part 1s, we haven't had a Part 2, which makes Larry and my job very difficult, but we found a topic here, and we're very excited about it. But before we get to that, Larry, wh- I mean, what is this? What, what is what are this? We doing? Well, this is the show that was like, why didn't if you were going to skip a week, why didn't we skip the week and do part one and two together instead yeah, I of? Know. <laughs> I know that would have been good. <laughs> and who is Carl? Oh no, okay. The, uh, Carl is, I believe, the fourteenth uh, Doctor. Um, BBC announced that um, he's going to be a, a new Doctor, and this is our first. Uh, Q slash guardian uh, doctor that we'll be seeing. Yes. Um, he's Carl actually half Q, spelled half guardian. Q half U- caretaker. One third. No. One third Q. One third guardian. One third caretaker. That's it. Is it sad that when they said people started talking about guardian and I immediately thought of the sphere builders from Enterprise oh, yeah. because they yeah. were the guardians? Because to me, the guardian is not the guardian from Synodge Forever. That's the guardian of forever. That's one word. The Guardian of Forever. If you say the Guardian, Guardian it's like, what? You grew up with him? You went to school with him? With it? What? You can call it Guardian? No, that's the Guardian of Forever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the portal. That, don't forget that. There was a Takan headline on the paper. And the Takan portal Guardian was called a Guardian. But yeah. that's... Yeah, yeah. If I go back um, to the original bad show of the first uh, Ferengis... Anyway, well, we, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're going to talk about this a little are. bit. Um, today's episode is about the laws of nature. And what we mean by that are times when a character, a, peop- a people, a culture um, has pushed beyond what might be considered the laws of nature, have broken them and have faced consequences. Now, why are we talking about this? Well, we're going to get into this week's um, Star Trek Discovery and, and talk about why that is. Because, Blarry, this week's episode did something I wanted last week. Um, or uh, was asking Who's Blarry? For. I'm just wondering. Blarry? Um, I'm breaking the laws of nature here. Um, yeah. You kind of break the laws of physics, but apparently you can't break the laws of nature. You kind of um, break everyone... the laws of physics. Yeah. You kind of break the laws of physics. You have 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> There'd be whales here, Captain. <laughs> well, they broke them then. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we are off to a, 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 a yeah. wild start here. Um, so, okay, why are we talking Jeff, about this? You can't break the laws of physics of Life Support Live, or we'll really be... I think I've, I might have broken the laws of what my speaker can handle here. I might have done that, though. The, um, so, every week on uh, Life Support Live, while we have new Star Trek airing, we take a theme from that week's episode and um, have it applied to uh, to the world we're living in, help us to kind of understand Star Trek a little bit better, understand mental health a little bit better, as, as Larry was mentioning. Um Larry, before we get to the real life connection here, let, let's dive into. Um, in, uh, we can do this without really getting into big spoilers, um, but let's let's talk about Star Trek Discovery's Terra Firma Part One. Um, the idea really came from the first two minutes of this, which I later realized was a clip that was released in advance, which I think people were mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, like as I mentioned last week. Boy, I would just love if uh, the Kelvin timeline was referenced in some way in the Prime timeline. And then there it was. There it was in the first two yep. episodes, uh, the first yep. two minutes of this episode. So let's um, let's let's talk about this. Uh, Jared says his name is Carl. Um, sounds very Klingon. Um, slash Q. So uh, what? Uh, this is not really giving anything. Away, this is in the first two minutes of this week's Star Trek Discovery. But we learn that in this future timeline, uh, they are much more aware of other universes. They're much more, they have a much better understanding of the multiverse. They understand the different timelines, uh, where those timelines are in relation to each other. For example, they know the mirror universe is drifting farther and farther apart from the prime timeline. We also received the first ever canonical mention of this timeline as being the time prime timeline. And later Giorgio says, you know, in my where I come from, um, my universe is, is the prime timeline. You're the mirror. They're, they're aware, so smart. They're very smart. Um, however, how they gotta break the laws of physics? Uh, they, um, they're not that smart, <laughs> right? Right. Yes. So they they're in these temporal wars. Um, there was an agent from the Kelvin timeline. They don't say the Kelvin timeline, but they say a Romulan mine, an incursion from a Romulan mining ship, I believe, which mm-hmm. is Nero, Star Trek 2009. Narada, right? It's the code. The Narada, right? It's the first mention we're really getting of. Uh, of those events from uh, in a TV well, show. They mentioned that, and then they they throw around the terms Kelvin and Mirror uh, uh, Prime and Mirror Universe like yes. the old hat, like first grade right. you know, vocabulary words. Right, and, right, uh, right. Okay. Uh, well, aren't we clever? But I was. Not, I, here's the thing that that um, the uh, the time soldier that was the uh, Beetlejuicean character. They've ever you know he has the ridge. I wondered for a minute if it was a Riemann, but he's got the ridge behind, and that's the revamped. Beetlejuice, but they mm. said 2379 that was the that was the uh narada year and all but it's it's um um he came from the kelvin universe to the prime yes. but he's wearing uh a pre like a, an early 2360s starfleet uniform he's wearing a first yes. two seasons next generation uniform which it's... the whole time i was like so but if you listen closely he came from the kelvin yes too which means he Either was here, went there, and the sickness came when he came over, or 
Anyway, it's, I, it it's was like very timey wimey. It's yeah. very timey wimey. Are you getting a little too clever with the detail of the early? Did they they try to make all the fanboys, you know, cream up over the uniform and didn't tie it? I can't believe that though. So there's something more going on there. But anyway, so the, the, the inspiration, the inspiration. Um. Uh, yes, and Dan mentions without the pips. Um. I guess he was not enlisted. Um. And, yeah. This. It was purely a. Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna go incognito as a time soldier, do you want to be flashing a lot of brass? No, you want to just you know scum <laughs> along like an under. So the inspiration for this week's episode comes from a moment where um, Larry remind me of the character's name. Um, this very. Voyager, the Doctor S type of character that we have, who I who I absolutely love. This sort of a uh, what Carl? Um, Car- no, not Carl, not Carl. Um, the individual is talking to Hugh. Um, the um, the AI, the holographic, the Larry, help me out. Did you what? freeze again? No, you're here. You're just thinking. <laughs> no, what are you? What are you talking about besides Carl? The very first scene, Larry, Hugh. Oh, is talk- oh, COVID. The white, uh, Michael Cronenberg. Cronenberg. His Thank name you. is Kovic somewhere. Yes, somehow. no, so here's right. It's future Ted Danson. Future Ted Danson. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says this, um, this time soldier not only jumped universes, but also time. Yes, yes, yes. And he lays out something that we've never really Back heard before. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Larry, the show that we're doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> he lays out something that we've never really um, heard about as, as a law of nature as it works in Star Trek, which is <laughs> your uh, your molecules they sort of want to stay in the universe and the time you're in. And maybe you can jump one, but if you jump both, you're, Both there's nothing that can be done to save you. Without and, being prepared. Without being prepared. <laughs> without Carl. Without <laughs> Carl, there's nothing you can do. So Carl this person jumped I, yeah, to the prime it, timeline yeah. and forward. We have been, they have been, since the DS9 days, they've been talking about the mirror prime jumps, the crossover jumps, where they're tracking your quantum signature. And that's what they were doing in Discovery. They were tracking, you know, after they got wise to it, they were looking at at Giorgio's and maybe even uh you No, know, it was to, it was discovered and then he was killed. I started to say maybe even Lorca, but anyway, but that's that's been a tell for a long time is to tra- but no one right, no one thought about there being a timey wimey sickness, a timey dimension y sickness. Um and but, so that was a new, that. that was interesting, but it's also if they're so aware and having labels for all the different universes, then they've come far enough to know this has happened, and it's a thousand yeah. years. Yeah, it's it's um, so they have a this much greater understanding. And Larry, we've never really seen that happen. Um, they still have before. problems with metaphor, apparently, though. So, <laughs> I mean, so this okay, this can get very confusing very quickly because. <laughs> Nero and Spock going back in time in the 2009 film. In theory, they were going back in time in the prime timeline. However, their actions created another timeline Mm -hmm. and they created another universe. Mm -hmm. So this can get very confusing. But the lesson we've learned is don't jump two. 
don't jump universes and time. Otherwise, you're going to uh, depixelize, and it's going to be very painful. Um, don't, yeah, don't cross the streams times two or something. Don't cross the streams. That's the new don't cross the streams. Don't cross the streams times two. Yeah. Um, exactly. Or square. So, square. Oh. folks, <laughs> we built a whole life support live show around those two minutes. Because if you call this uh, built. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was made at Utopia Planitia, Larry. <laughs> we made it. We made it. It's real. I can recreated it. It's real, and it's not a fake. Um, I am so, great. You're great. Okay. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. Okay. So um, the whole episode really ends up dealing with the consequences mm-hmm. of that and trying to save Giorgio. And we don't know what's going to happen with that. There's a whole other episode coming, but there's enough Star Trek. There's a whole other series coming. Okay. There's a whole, yeah. And if you look at Disney, they have 9,745 new series coming that was announced this week. That's their number. That's the Star Wars number. Yeah. 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 Of course. 9,745. That's the, that's the 47 (laughs) of Disney, which explains a lot. Yeah. Boy, did they announce a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, getting back to Star Trek and Life Support Live. Thank you. There are a lot of Star Trek episodes that deal with this question of breaking the laws of nature. Giorgio has broken the laws of nature here by jumping and then moving forward and is now going, is paying the consequences of it. So we wanted to think of, um, of Star Trek episodes that are about that and why this relates to right now. The, uh, and yes, folks, please let us know in the comments. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite Star Trek episodes? <laughs> um, Johnny's already mentioning, uh, relativity, uh, jumping too many time jumps. You can suffer from temporal psychosis. We're, we're gonna give us these episodes we want to talk about this this is going to be a lot of fun why are we talking about the 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 thing about uh about life support live there's always a connection to the world we're in right now Mm -hmm. and this uh uncertain time and so the connection here really comes from the genesis the genesis genesis forbidden (laughs) um gosh larry um only the planet not the device apparently right right or something genesis forgiven i'm yoda's uh cousin carl uh (laughs) (laughs) is that what you are good lord do you think do you think we're ready okay Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> folks, we're going to be at the next Star Trek convention. It's going to be the late night uh, Dr. Trek, Dr. Ali impression hour. There will probably be five uh-huh. people in attendance, and it will be great. It'll be, uh, a, it's, it'll be its own uh, drinking game just for that thing. Hey, I, yeah. I, I, we're get, we really are on track. Part of what I did was <laughs> I did get my chat window going, and we're just having awesome, awesome comments going on in the chat. And also, I'm seeing a lot of new names. So, yay. Yes. Welcome to everybody. Yay. Yeah, um, Charlotte said, someone get Ali more coffee. Charlotte, I just had my very first sip, so this will explain, this will explain why. Wait, no, that doesn't explain. If that's only your first, (laughs) what's to come? That's what I'm... Oh, man, it's, uh, it'll rain me in. It'll rain me in. This will be good. The coffee's gonna be good. Uh, Larry, this gets... Biochemistry, okay. (laughs) This gets to the very beginning of, uh, of this pandemic, and... Um, a lot of the data indicates that the coronavirus, um, at this novel coronavirus that we are all, um, uh, that has just changed our, all of our lives, it really came from, um, from species coming into contact with each other that, that shouldn't have. Um, animals 
coming into contact with each other, wildlife coming into contact with each other um, in a way that they shouldn't, um, a virus jumping from one species to another, and um, as a result of that mutating, and humans being right there, um, humans uh, either eating that animal or um, getting blood from that animal. Um, and, and this is the way many, um, many new viruses have uh, have affected humans. Um, Ebola has a similar origin where humanity pushed too far. And now I'm thinking of uh, this is where the frontier pushes back. Um, now I'm thinking of Star Trek Beyond. Um, but this uh, is where nature is sort I'm of sorry, saying Star like... Trek. Oh, a Kelvin movie. Okay. Larry, one of these days, I'm going to make you watch one. It's not, no, I have like seen it. them all. Those, don't understand. Don't misunderstand. That's not my, like, derision of them. It's just like my, oh, yeah, I've seen them all, like, once. I need to watch them. No, or maybe twice. But I'm just saying, it's, like, something that I had no further need of, except to talk about the fact that it existed. So, anyway. Wow. Um, what, uh, what, one of the terms... Systems? What do you mean, wow? Did you want me to ignore them as if they had I don't want you to ignore them. Um... But you can you can do more than acknowledge your existence. One of the things I've uh, a term I really like that I've come across in the last few weeks is ambient TV. It's just sort of uh, when you have something on just to make you feel a little bit less lonely and just something that sort of helps pass the oh. time. But you're not really watching it as opposed um, to white noise TV, like like to get through work or to get to sleep. I mean, on that spectrum. Um, of white noise and ambient and, uh, I don't know, must-see TV. I don't know what's on the other end of that. But um, ambient, is it's a little bit more than the white noise. Um, I okay. guarantee you, all the Kelvin type uh, movies really great to have on when you're trying to um, mm-hmm. trying to pass the time. Anyways, Larry, I've got a point here, which is um, there are a lot of viruses that humanity is not aware of and hasn't been exposed right. to because they exist in the animal kingdom. And we um, that is not our space. Um, and the further we venture mm-hmm. there, the more likely we are to encounter viruses that can also infect us. And then the more we bring different species together that have no business being together, the more likely these viruses can mutate. So this is this is an example of us breaking the laws of nature and uh, really uh, experiencing the consequences of it. And Star Trek has a lot to say about this, a lot to say about it. So with fortunately, that... it's not all just us. No, it's not there's plenty of other clueless, uh, you know, alien, ra- uh, non, non Terran, non human. See, you can't say Terran anymore without thinking people think it's the mirror universe. Right, yeah, non human, right. non human examples. So, but yes, let's please, let's get to the briefing. Let's, room. let's open up the briefing room with the, the, the longest the intro ever. Already. Yeah. The chat is like, come on, folks, <laughs> give us some more Star Trek. Cause, uh, and yes, Jared, halfway through, I will be taking a break and offering, um, some very great tote bags for you all. Um, for those of you who don't know. The PBS Public Broadcasting Service is uh, in the United States. Yeah. It's totally uh, uh, supported by the public, and so they always take breaks halfway and ask for, beg for your money, <laughs> and give you things like a mug. Uh, okay, was, <laughs> nice. It's like the nice '70s PBS theme, you know? No, okay. I like it. I write. I picked up on it. I picked up okay. on it. You did? Okay. Um, like, okay. 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 The so first Larry, run Mr. Rogers days. Okay. 
Oh, Mr. Rogers. Um, I, 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 uh, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to keep going. Keep um, going. Keep going. Keep going. We got to be yeah. stay on track. Stay on track. Keep that show chugging along. All right. So, um, Larry, what, uh, wh- where do you want to start our, our wonderful journey? Today? Well, look, there are so many of these, both from Starfleet and humanity and also aliens, but I, I don't know. I, um, what did I, <laughs> what did, what did I send you? Uh, you I sent you me a lot of series. Actually, I didn't. Um, you sent me some original series. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. You want me to put up some? Uh, let, let's jog that memory of yours. Let's do that. How about I get my list? There we go. And this was fun because it wasn't us. It was the mirror parallel alternate. Not mirror. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can't use that word. It was that alternate other parallel Earth, the Mary's planet, basically, where they were trying to prolong life. And they wound up killing all the adults and not the kids who then died when they entered puberty and had a, a sustained, long, horrendous puberty. And then even worse than normal puberty and um, ended with blue blotches. Anyway, that was a that was one of those, you know, and the original series was like close to Twilight Zone time and they were big on cautionary tales you know, OK, fine. So you invented warp drive, but there's probably still something that's going to be a. You know, no, no progress comes without a cost. There were, I mean, the mad scientist trope is still around and we have it, we have it still, but, uh, it was, you know, very much on the nose in the fifties and sixties. And, um, so that, that tie, that feeds into, you know, a little bit of Godzilla, don't nuke things or you'll unleash big lizards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind a of good thinking rule here. Of love. You know, that is a very good. <laughs> but that's that's i mean this is this is a very old-fashioned yeah. theme here this wasn't exactly yeah. a i mean you know when we were first doing the show we were into you know uh depression and uh and and all kinds of like textbook psychological disorder diseases yeah. uh, you know uh, uh diagnoses and i you know the laws of nature i was i was saying how do we make this short and i was saying you know like breaking nature or you know, a fighting nature or something or trying to go yeah. against the grain. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, to a point, we've got the old, if man were meant to fly, he'd have wings, which was also a Kirk speech. But that was a, that was a trope. And now we fly all the time. So, yeah, in the beginning, there were air crashes and people we had test pilots yeah. and, and <clears> you know, planes depressurized and people had to learn things the hard way. And that's the curve of humanity. So in one part of me is saying part of this is the laws of nature People are citing uh, in the chat about different shows for pe- in different cultures. People had to be prepared for time travel, especially if it was like one way, like in all our yesterdays in the Atavacron. But um, you know, depending on the method. But it's almost like every time there's a curve, there's a price to be paid. But eventually, we get beyond these barriers. Our knowledge carries us past that. So it, it part of me is saying part of our theme today is. The laws of nature that you have to um, beware when you first try to do something, and most of the time, if we, yeah. else, you know, if we don't self-destruct along the way or go too far, like we didn't atom nuke ourselves in the fifties, kind of a thing, then then you can figure out, you can science the hell out of it, and finally, eventually, get past it, mostly safety, mostly safely. But going back to the original, our real-world point here, the 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 Corona nineteen virus. We're obviously not there yet. It's it's like you said when we when we ventured in the frontier and we have human and animal viruses mixing or a, uh, animal viruses entering humankind. That's obviously not been around long enough to 
I mean, that's the process we're in. It's just a very yeah. deadly process. And we, you know, do we even want to go here? No one was looking to mix animal viruses with, hmm, I think I'll experiment with it. Now, breaking the warp 10 barrier? Somebody wanted oh, to do that. Hey, hey, was someone's to got an image for that. Everyone's favorite threshold. Okay. I'll throw it up. Somebody in the chat said, do we really, I think Cairo said, do we really want to go there? I'm like, yes, oh, we're, we're, we're going, going here. It's, we'll go it's here. Not only are we going here, but because we've achieved warp 10, we're in every single point in the universe simultaneously. Um, and we're at least on a team. That's what the technical manual said. Effects budget. <laughs> We're laughing at each other's jokes and they're different jokes. Uh, we're so cute. Um, Larry, um, let's, okay, you, you said something, um, this is a, this is a episode where we're going, um, we're going, we're having a lot of fun and we're going to take a real, real down. So we had a little fun, so let me take a real down here. Okay. Um, this and, is the uh, part of the timey wimey. Yes, yes, Crossing yes. <laughs> Why me being our comment section is going to be whining. What is wrong with the doctors today? Folks, I did not have a breakfast. That might be the problem. That might be the problem today. Um, I'm running on, on two sips oh, of, uh, of this coffee. Is, wait, today's different? <laughs> Larry, when all this is over. This is never going to be. If we ever do this live together, this will never be the same. <laughs> we, no, what we're going to do. It, uh, once once the pandemic is is over, life support has its final episode. We say all good things must come to an end. The next day, we're gonna launch our morning talk show, um, and it's gonna be it's gonna like gangbusters. Um, Going, I don't even know what gangbusters means. That's what that would be. Yeah, it'll be more certain. <laughs> Helping you to boldly go with these certain times. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh my gosh. Um, okay, flying. Is a really great example of the laws of nature, and you, as you mentioned, um, test pilots. Yes, uh, you're welcome. As you mentioned, there was um, it, it was a very chaotic process, and and um, humanity has been trying to fly for for a very long time. <clears throat> in one way, and, and ridiculing the, the idea of even trying to. Fly. And, yes, yes, and in in one way, um, <clears throat> in, and actually in many ways, um, humanity was trying to replicate how animals fly. And when we finally achieved flight, um, the wing design, I mean, it's, it's very much influenced by, um, by how animals fly. And there's a whole world of, um, of design and invention that is based on how can we replicate what nature has already created? Um, why redesign when thousands of years of evolution has already created the ideal designs? For these different processes, whether it's going underwater and replicating how how fish move, or aircraft that better des, uh, better replicate how um, how <laughs> birds fly, um, go on and on and on. Um, in many ways, our success on this planet has been based upon replicating the success of nature. Um, at the same time, there there comes a point where. Yeah, if you do push too far, in, in, an example of, uh, uh, or with the example of the coronavirus, or with the example of threshold, um, problems happen. Can we just, uh, uh, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm a little curious about threshold. Um, so, what, Lots of um, people are curious about threshold, but they know better than to ask questions. <laughs> you know what I was watching last night, Larry? You can't, you can't keep your hands off this. It just doesn't stop. It's just constantly in motion. Okay. You know what I was watching? Uh, you probably remember this. Um, I was watching uh, The Captain's Summit. 
uh, it was uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg hosted this conversation with Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Leonard right. Nimoy, and William Shatner in New York City. And like the very one of the very first questions <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg asks is, "Hey, so when Next Generation is coming on air, what did you all think about that?" Um, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, and then Patrick Stewart's like. Kind of, uh, uh, it's, it's quite the question you're asking. It's a little provocative question, wouldn't you say? Um, and I had a lot of joy at, uh, watching that, that video. They're having, they're having a lot of silly fun themselves, but I do have a serious question here. I don't know why I shared that tangent. Oh, um, what's, um, <clears throat> with Threshold. So they, um, so Tom Paris, um, Captain Janeway, they, they do break that warp nine threshold. Uh, or the warp ten threshold. And, yeah, uh, yeah, warp ten. Sorry, sorry. Um, In the and... warp drive language of the cage, <laughs> there's a moment when when Tyler looks up and does this, at, like you can't talk while you're going to warp. Like beaming. he says warp seven or whatever, and then at one point they're looking at, it, and then Tyler looks up and goes, <laughs> like he's what um... a beamons or something. So uh, help me help uh, me to uh, understand mm-hmm. help me to understand um what exactly happens so in the technical manual I believe uh which came out okay. many years before <clears throat> that episode was written it was suggested that if you go warp 10 you do you're going to uh, simultaneously be in every point in the universe I believe yeah they look all what happened was in the original series we're doing a mini K3 here, apparently. Yeah, original, I love my mini K3s. In the, in the original series, they just came up with warp factors. And it got crazy because when they'd say, oh, Captain, this alien thing has got the Enterprise going warp 14. And then I think it's, I don't know, warp 16 or so. It was like it was meaningless. It's like, well, what's the point? And what point does stress not and do and not play in um, Twitch people? Hey. 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 Yes, yay, yay. Orlando Geek in the house. Yes. Um, everybody Not to be outdone by YouTube people. Hi, YouTube people, too. We need to get to 10 Twitch followers or something so we can achieve something. Please do. (laughs) Um, So, I don't know. I don't think you want to achieve that because (laughs) I think there's a clear suggestion of what what might happen then. (laughs) He's playing the field. Um, so with the with several of the restarts, like the Stardate system was restarted because they after 20 years, they were like, you know, we need to think a couple of these things through a little better. But one of them was they came up with the idea that the Stardate, the, the warp factors, rather than being this unending you know joke for writers to keep pushing higher and higher and higher, they would reset the scale. Although this was never talked about on screen, which is funny. It was only in background documents and, and obviousness, but background documents. Basically, they made warp 10 like a reverse absolute zero. They found a point yes. in nature, supposedly, that was a bottom line, was a, ce- was a ceiling instead of a floor. Like absolute zero is the coldest anything can yeah. be. And the Kelvin <laughs> – sc- uh, no, is it the Kelvin? Yeah, the Kelvin scale is based on at the bottom the is absolute zero. Yes, yes, the temperature, not yes. Chris Pine. Kel- yes, yes. We don't need another <laughs> – we don't need another Kelvin hero. Okay, so – that's what warp the warp tin scale is. That's what it is. It's like absolute warp as a ceiling. So yeah. then they just scaled the scale backwards from that. Reverse, not reverse engineered, but anyway, it's and, based on that as a ceiling. So then it was like okay, and that's why it it uh, 
logarithmically gets, you know, you look at the scale and it, that's why they go to 9.999999 because right. they can, because right. you're getting increasingly closer to that ceiling. So, yeah, so eventually, of course, it's Brannon by the time of Voyager and they're starved for ideas. Ooh, did I say that? And they go, what, what do I'm so tired of hearing about this warp 10 limit? What do we, it's the wacky Delta Quadrant. Why don't we try it's to break the wacky Delta Quadrant? <laughs> well, it's the damn quadrant where we have to make stuff up and it doesn't have to relate to, that was the original Discovery season three was the Voyager, was the whole Voyager series was, look, we're cut loose from canon. We can do whatever the hell we want to. Be careful what you wish for. We can have really cool villains. We yeah. can have really cool visit, villains like the Kazon Ogala. <laughs> the junkyard Klingons. Imagine a villain so terrifying they never take showers. <laughs> and they fight and that's about the water. It. Yeah. Yeah. You've made an enemy here today, Captain. And you need a makeup artist. Mage. <laughs> you need a hairdresser. There's no lockdown. What's your excuse? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's, okay. it's the wacky delta quadrant so you talk about fighting the laws of science trying to have normality in the delta quadrant anyway the wacky what is it but i mean that's what i'm saying that but that's what they that's the way they looked at it in the beginning it's like yeah. you know we're going to invent an alien of the week now we know it'll just be a challenge won't it okay anyway so what actually happened so in uh, so oh, they crossed so this barrier. He, they tried. I was laughing about that, but it's like how how the hell in the middle of a season on a normal budget do you portray existing at all points in the universe? It's to me, it's almost like some of the visuals they came up with that were crazy way back at the beginning of Next Gen on on where no one has gone before when they were hopping universes with the tra they didn't know it was the traveler they thought it was Kaczynski in his in his crazy engine redesign Kaczynski. Some, of, some of that's they only he's wearing a square pip just so you know oh yeah there's yeah, a mini yeah, yeah. it's like who the hell what's a square pip he's a civilian contractor what there's no money what okay. maybe maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah it was early what can i say it's it's like the black badge on discovery it's like why yeah. is that guy wearing a black badge and letting the world know. To let the world know he's a part of a secret faction, an unknown secret faction that keeps itself very hidden. He would of never course, carry I mean, it makes complete sense. ID card in his wallet in case he yeah. was knocked out and robbed. He'd never. I mean, every every CIA agent walks around with a black eagle to let the world know that they're secret CIA agents. This is common sense, Larry. Well, there's there's the CIA, and then there's the CIA. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so speaking of, so, so, so speaking anyway, of warp. Anyway, so your, your warp 10 question is they didn't yes. know how to portray it. I, the whole thing of going, becoming an advanced amphibian, they're smart enough not to need clothing apparently, but other than that, I, it, I don't know. Good thing that forget, hey, good thing we're all talking about a really obscure episode that's just faded <laughs> with mysteries and dust of time. Okay, so let me let me get us off threshold because our comment section has come to a standstill. The longer we talk, either people are transfixed or people are horrified. Um, but or speaking both. of warp, speaking of warp, um, I think we can talk about um, a, uh, something that has a little bit more relevance to our daily lives, and that's um, force of nature. So this is a next generation episode where we we learn that warp travel has been um, polluting. This region of space, the Haraka sector, 
the Haraka sector. Yeah, they spelled yeah. it differently every time they showed it on screen. Really? Uh, <laughs> it was yeah. It's had sometimes it has two R's, sometimes it has one R, sometimes it has an E, hmm. sometimes it has an A. Anyway, this, yes, the it's resolution of TV. Will, what you need to know the, is it's actually disrupting subspace. Yes, which is yes, why yes, yes. it's messing up warp drive. Regular ships can creep along, but who wants to creep along in a regular in a, you know in a in a in a high, in a what's what's less than hyper uh anyway sublight sublight ships sublight. when yeah yeah impulse would impulse. be yeah um or i mean boy would it be a bummer if you just have to use your thrusters um that'll take a while <laughs> you better have a lot of inertia <laughs> better be going at like warp nine and then just cruise with thrusters there's a reason we call it station keeping because you keep station um yeah so anyway but that was on one end, it was a very intriguing idea. The K3 of that is that it was a horrible episode, and half of that show was padding. That's not a K3. Folks, the K3 of that episode is it was horrible. <laughs> well, the K3 of that is uh, is that if you watch Force of Nature now, you're going, oh, it's a spot show. Uh, no, it's not a spot show. Oh, it's a Jordian data. No, it's not a Jordian data show. It's like they kept throwing all these scenes in to pad out the show because the main part of the show wound up being so. But, anyway. But I think the, the ideas as, but the as idea often hung is, around and then they went, yes. why did we invent this without a resolution? Because it was you know, dramatic. But the idea, they were right. trying to have a, pair, was, a good old Star Trek. It was season seven. Completion. It was now, season seven, next generation. You know, they were trying to just get generations made. I, I it's know. all good. Um, they were trying that, to have a metaphor for the current environmental movement and, and you know, and, and uh, uh, um, carbon-based transportation, you know, fossil fuel transportation messing up the planet while we're thinking of ourselves being so yes. advanced and we have to have alternatives and we have to move our nacelles and all kinds of things. Right. So that is the, the, bigger, the bigger point of that episode is um, their, their form of propulsion and travel mm -hmm. is actually um, disrupting the environment and right. disrupting it to a point where um, it, it, it will not only make it harder to uh, to continue traveling this way, um, but it could have major repercussions for. Well, it'll eventually space. sabotage it. Right. Yeah. Like right. you could imagine something like this over time <laughs> causing some type of, I don't know, burn or something. I, might make I was going to say difficult. an environmental disaster, but yes, some kind of burn. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, the episode was called Force of Nature, and that's like the closest thing to our title. Um, I, we're having a little bit of discussion in the comments section about Thank the God, burn. Not. Um, okay, what? <laughs> I think what happened with the burn is um, dilithium in active starships exploded. Mm -hmm. So if your starship was turned on, if someone turned the keys in the ignition and the dilithium was active, that dilithium exploded. So any ship at warp, any ship on and just sitting there with its dilithium active um, and charged that ship exploded. The ships that were spared um, were not active. Is that right, Larry? Yeah, well, basically, as much as we're... Didn't they say that and just the, the lithium went, became inert or something? Which, to me, since mm. the lithium is like the filter that your matter-antimatter reaction plasma goes through to be channeled out to the warp coils, to me, by the lithium going inert, basically was like just causing a, a chamber buildup. And all the work. Oh, that's that what makes sense. I took it as because if dilithium goes inert, that means it's not letting radiation pass through the lattices 
the grid, which is what's so unique about it, and yeah, and in crystal and form. So that to me, that's like it makes basically makes a it clogs the system and forces a backup. It's not that the lithium exploded, although who knows what they're going to come up with. But based on old Trek background, that's what I and what little they've said specifically. That's we'll we'll don't worry. We'll get all this in the last ten minutes of the finale. We will. We will. Um, we've got two uh, questions. One is very important, and the other is just a ton of fun. Um, Zahir asked, did they come up with the idea for the bird by looking at Michael's last name? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, Zahir. Um, uh, and Jared asks, uh, or Jared has a comment, Starfleet engines not. hurt the profits um, as well, but they got over it somehow and decided to let them use a wormhole for years and years and years. I forgot about that, Larry. Um, I forgot that travel through the wormhole was um, disrupting life for um, the wormhole aliens. Yes. Well, you call them wormhole aliens. I'm a believer. I call them the prophets. No, uh, yeah. But then what? Your paw is strong. Oh, yeah. In this it one? Is. Yeah. Yeah, in this one. The other one's pretty weak. You need to work that that ear's gotta do some workouts. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, that one's like ice cold. Oh, okay. This yeah. might yeah, well that's another diagnosis you can get into. Bi bipoality or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't know. No, that That's was an good. interesting thing. But if they, you know, what did how did how did uh, Jared have that worded for years and years? They let them do that. What's a year to a prophet? It's all oh yeah, non linear. It's okay, guys. Your we'll just cannon. go back to the time when they weren't here, and we'll live then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's some good head cannon there. But Larry. we're not uh, we're not prophets, so we can't do that yet. Apparently, though, um, and you know, we're not meant to be time and dimension hoppers either. So, Cairo is cleaning up the mess a little bit of that that we're making, Larry, and says, <laughs> "Yes, my logic as someone who studied chemistry and physics is that dilithium becoming inert means it couldn't regulate the energy flows anymore, which uh, cause energy buildup and explosions." Um, Thanks, that makes, Cairo. Yeah. yeah, Cairo. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. That makes complete sense. Um, okay, so. Larry, I have a K3 um, request. Okay. Or a mini K3. One might say micro K3 request. Okay. Intrepid's engines going like that. Mm hmm. I have a memory that that was to get around this warp um, uh, pollution of subspace. Yes. Um, but it, is, that, is that the case? That is the case. Forgive my stomach. I was trying to be live and exciting here. Maybe I'll make it. Maybe I won't. Oh, yeah, I will. I don't tear this up. Hey, so I'm going back to my old in-house Voyager technical manual and see if I can find. Anyway, it was never said on screen. Okay. But it was meant to be. Um, it was meant to be. That was a. That was a. That was the reason why Voyager's nacelles folded. That was like one early response. By um, that was one early response by Voyager's era Starfleet to get around the warp. Because if you remember, after they had that episode, part of the reason it was like an anchor around the writers' necks was every episode after that, whenever they had to go do some dashing rescue or some dashing adventure, they were like, "Okay, I'm making a captain's log note that we're exceeding warp five point five, or whatever it was, the double nickels of warp factors, you know, whatever it was." 
okay, we're going to petition Starfleet to be able to go warp five beyond warp five so we can save the universe. Okay. Great. Great. <laughs> it became a real drag. So they came up with that as a, um, here it is. Can you see this? Yeah. That's the, uh, can you uh, see? I see, I see very well geometric warp yeah. nacelles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because Voyager, Voyager, Never set off screen, new but this was in the folding end. wing and nacelle configuration. Warp fields me. No longer have a negative impact on habitable worlds as established in next generation. Nice. So Larry is the oh. assumption. Okay, we got it, Larry. We got it. Let's. let's I was see. trying to date my reference there. Okay. Oh, oh, uh, tech Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, uh, is the assumption then visual communication? It's amazing. Yes. Is the assumption then that every other starship has somehow accounted for this? Well, you would think that, and oh, looky there, they're stuck in the Delta Quadrant without any other modern <laughs> Federation starships around. Huh. They didn't have to build that into every new ship they did, because yeah. all the ships are alien. And then the next time we see Starfleet is, well, you could say it was uh, the Mars attack on, you know, the, the flashbacks of Picard, and then, yeah. and, then, and then Lower Decks is in that time. But see, Lower Decks is a whole... 10, the next time we later. see the Prime Universe is in Spock's mind meld on uh, Spock Prime's mind meld in Star Trek 2009. So what I'm saying is, by the time... Have a drink, time, folks. They, <laughs> they found... I'm just ignoring that whole 2009 reference. No, the, the next time well, we see ships, they've obviously gotten around having to physically alter the ship geometry. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, I'm just going to... I want people to know that I, too, have a, a technical manual... Um, this is Ali's life support live technical manual. Um, it's very useful. It comes in very handy. Um, it reminds me to make sure I, uh, don't mute myself and I have plugged in the mic. So that is that. Um, okay. The, the variable audio, uh, yeah. <laughs> variable audio, audio geometry. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have other episodes to talk about. Um, let's talk about uh, a very, uh, I think it's a beloved episode. Um, this is Timescape. It's very scapey wapy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're crossing those streams again, Larry. Um, this episode is a, um, a later episode of, or later season of TNG. What is, is it? Season six? Is it uh, five yeah. or six? Yes. Yeah, so they, uh, it's the first time we see a runabout on the next generation, so they're, they're borrowing a little bit the, from their neighbors next door. It's um, the only time you see the back end of a runabout, and it's on next gen. Yeah. How weird is that? Uh, why they were, were you ever... They were crossing, they were using, they were amortizing budgets once again. They're like, oh look, we need this set on next gen, we'll take the money, we'll build the back end of a runabout, and you can have on DS9. And part of that was like, they never used it on DS9 because they never did a show in the back. They never needed to be on a runabout that long. Because if they're on a runabout in DS9, they're up front crewing and flying and fighting something or somebody being That's true. It. Yeah. So yeah, they they're not, they never sit back and like, you know, um, well, I had a lovely time at this conference with a seminar uh, about the ancient druid landscape of Palentheon 5. What about you? <laughs> Palentheon well, 5? Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, there's uh, another uh, another great. I'm going to do a reference back. Yes, yes, um, to the Captain Summit, and Whoopi Goldberg asked um, 
asked the the four um, the the two captains and first officers um, if they had any nicknames um, of for each other. And I just I cracked up, Larry, um, when they said that the nickname for Troy was, uh, "Oh, you're um, you're feeling shit. You 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 feel shit, right? You're." you're <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know why I have um, I had the reference or that popped in my head. oh because of Troy because Troy starts talking about mm-hmm. the wonderful presentation she went to in the conference, but we're not. Here to talk about runabout uh, landscape interior design. The aft end uh, of a runabout? Okay. We're not here to talk. It might feel, this episode might feel like the aft end of a runabout. (laughs) However, let's talk about Timescape. Uh, Larry, I really love this episode. Uh, It's it's one of my favorites. Um, Not only for the the very cool visuals of having um, all these characters frozen in time, but um, for the ideas here that uh, the Romulans are testing out a new form of propulsion. Um, is it a quantum drive? Is Am I remembering Something that like correctly? Something like that, yeah. I didn't, uh, yeah. Yeah, th- so they're mentioning... Well, it's a quantum they're... singularity that they use. Yes. Which, which Marina loves to talk about how suddenly Troy is smarter than Data and Jordy when she delivers that line. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, they're they're trying to um, harness black uh, singularity engine core instead of yes. matter antimatter. Yeah. Yes. Um, I really love that idea because I love when Star Trek is uh, is pushing its own envelopes a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's why when I when I was first watching Threshold, I was quite excited uh, to see what's going to happen, and then I saw what happened, and now I ver- I worry very much for the welfare of those those salamander children left on that planet. Um, Oh, we have a Larry technical manual here. What no. does that? What? What? I don't see what's on the envelope there, Larry. Right, it doesn't envelope. matter. I'm just pushing it. Oh, Larry, that is a dad joke. If I have ever uh, heard one, I I just did one. a joke. You dadified it. I didn't put it under the spotlight. You're the one that brought out the brass band to meet it. Okay, I, I did dadify it. I I, I I I simply brought awareness to the dadification okay. that happened with uh, Doctor Trek. Uh, well, so much right for there. data collection. Let's let's move on. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know where um, the hell we're going today. But let's, I think <laughs> we're basically there. I think we're basically on track. Yeah, it was it was the this was a case of the Romulans pushing a tech. And and running afoul of of timey whininess. It also, you know, I almost I almost wanted to pull out one from um, the Phoenix, which was like the, uh, the which was like Starfleet years earlier when Riker was an ensign trying to push phased cloaking, which was kind of weird. Which is kind of what they the got Pegasus, into the Pegasus, the Pegasus, not bit. the Phoenix. But, yeah, the Phoenix is this other little vessel that had yeah just a little important event in the history of the Federation, or. Uh, was a, uh, a racist sake, captain. Which totally yeah. ruined the reputation of Starfleet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're talking about the Pegasus. And so, yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm sorry, phasing, Pegasus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phasing matter. The, the, the chat the... blow up when I said Phoenix. No, no, which is why I said right before that would happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love when Star Trek is pushing its own envelopes and creating this new technology, which is why, Larry, I'm having a very hard time believing that by the 32nd century, no one has invented another form of propulsion. There's like, you know, time folding, like, uh, like artificial wormholes. Um, well, look, the ancients 
invented horse-drawn carriages, and they used that for a thousand years. So, you know, why why reinvent the horse? Well, we do, like, no one has experimented with the mycelial network. Um, One. Okay. Okay. But we'll put that aside, and um, here we have um, the Romulans trying to harness this power of nature. Um, a, a very, uh, a power that we still to this day don't really understand that well. Although we have seen our very first glimpse of a black hole, um, mm-hmm. we now kind of have an idea of what it, it can look, a very blurry idea, but we still have an image nonetheless. Um, there's still a lot we don't know about black holes, and yet the Romulans here are experimenting with that. And in, um, as we see in times, Timescape, it has very negative uh, consequences. Uh, it's a good thing Picard and, and crew were at that academic conference. Um, if it wasn't for them, who knows what would have happened. <laughs> Thank God. Right, right, right. Well, we would have <laughs> had six seasons. That's what it would have been. Cairo is saying they did invent a new propulsion system, SB-19. It horribly failed. Yeah, I, I, you, yes, yes, Kyra, I, I agree, and that is my favorite episode of this whole season so far. Um, but I got, I gotta imagine, um, the skunk works at Starfleet were working on, they had a few other ideas. They had, you know, they were working on something. Um, no, they're like, just all like, taking a paycheck. You saw how blasé they were in the Mars attack and in the synth attack. They're all, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, Larry, they need to take the Excelsior out of mouthballs, put their seatbelts on, and give Transwarp another try. Let's let's try it out one more time. Okay, I just want to know what a, what's a mouthball. That was interesting. A mouthball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's what Scotty used to sabotage the Transwarp drive. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, we jumped ahead to Voyager. You, you couldn't resist Threshold a while ago, but there's there's another. We're we're talking about uh, the laws of nature and pushing them and maybe breaking them and all these physics memes. But there's a very important way that a cautionary tale again in a very organic way. And I'm jumping into DS9 here, although it was a new look at an old problem. Yes. You know what I'm going for. Yeah, I just know to, what you're going for. Just to get out of sorry, sorry, Starship uh, tech porn guys, we're and gals, we're gonna back off into the body here <laughs> and go to AI and all the talk about AI and all of this, apart from androids and drones and dot sevens and whatever the hell they're gonna come up with next in the modern age. What about just people experimenting on people? And yes, genetic engineering. And no, I didn't go to the Easy Con and augments. I went to. Oh, there was a funny nickname for these guys, and I forgot what it was. Bashir's something. But yeah, the I can't the, remember uh, either. Our, tra- genetic our chat will help us out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was kind of obscure. Anyway, we'll see. There's no way I can keep up with the chat today. The stuff is flying by so, so fast, I can't. But anyway, um, except when we go on tangents, with, and that's when everything comes to a standstill. Apparently, the chat. Uh, statistical probabilities, I believe, is this. Oh, it's the name of the first, yes, yes. And yeah, then, this is and when then Chrysalis was part two, where they actually. Yes. Tried to, um, yeah, it was a part to the whole thing. Bashir tried to fix, uh, the girl that was kind of shut down and it wound up, you know, harming her. So the, this is, um, I really, really love this episode. Because... I thought you might. 
<laughs> Am I really that tra- transparent, Larry? Uh, <laughs> that Star Trek? Uh-huh. Star Trek? Mental health? <laughs> Wah! Um, we, uh, we see... Artificially we see... created problems. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love... I love episodes that feature neurodiversity and I love episodes that, you know, we have, um, we don't see enough of that in Star Trek, um, enough of different ways of being things that celebrate, um, completely different perspectives, uh, differences in learning, uh, differences in, um, uh, for example, being on the autism spectrum or, um, characters like Barkley who, who struggle with anxiety. Like I, I love, neurodiversity and i love seeing that in star trek and this episode gave us a lot of that and uh this episode i think we can see it in a new light because we the 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 power to play with our genetics it's so easy now larry with uh um, crispr technology we can we can sort of copy and paste um, our genetics very easily. And in recent years, the, the Chinese scientists, uh, came under fire. Um, I'm blanking on the individual's name, but there's a Chinese scientist who claims that he has, uh, genetically, uh, uh, no, no, that's a no, no, um, too, too soon, later, too soon. Um, uh, the Chinese scientist has, uh, has claimed to have genetically, um, genetically edited uh the the genomes of, of uh two two girls i believe two young girls uh, as, as embryos um against any type of uh or, or against all um rules and regulations and, and such so the technology is here now to be able to quickly easily cheaply edit our genes and what are going to be the consequences? We don't know. You 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 kind of pull apart uh, the DNA, Captain. Uh, we we don't know what are the larger consequences here. of doing a couple edits here, a couple edits there. Right. Where where I think this is going to start is we're going to start using it exclusively for very devastating genetic anomalies, but the technology will get better. And will it get to a point where we can start to make more cosmetic changes, changes to people's abilities to enhance? Are we going to see more of a Gattaca future? I don't know, Larry. We haven't talked about that kind of stuff in a while because there's a pandemic happening. But right. this is this is something that's going to play out in our lifetimes. Well, the modern science. I mean, the, the Voyager episode was it Lineage, where they Tom and Bellana are debating. Bellana is having this war with herself about if she wants her baby. To have any distinguishing Klingon features, yeah. like has the world not yeah. changed in in thirty five or forty years, and and uh, she's worried about her, you know. And Tom's like, let the kid be the kid, you know. And she's wanting to do some genetic modification, and the doctor can do it. I can do anything, you know, because it's two hundred years past now in our our basic CRISPR technology. But that whole, you know, it gets trite at times. But the whole in the sixties, the idea of Khan and the genetically engineered Superman was such a such a wacky sci-fi idea. Ooh, let's talk. Let's put it in the nineties and have it be way in the future, which never made sense. But um, but we're there, and we've been. You know, remember I forget what the name of the was it a goat or a cow? Remember like twenty years ago when they everything everything like the. Oh. This is this no, is Venn diagramming overlapping a little bit with in vitro fertilization, but it's all in that same. I believe mix. the goat's the name was Carl and cloning. Yeah, no, but kidding. all of no, this. No, it's not Carl. What? 
It was not Carl. I, I made a I made a dumb oh, joke. Oh, oh, oh. Please ignore me. It's Move not on. the cow that that Kim kissed either. But uh, you know what I'm saying though. But all of these, you know, playing God kind of, which was a DS9 episode, um, which had nothing to do with this. But all these these playing God kind of questions about you know, who's man fit to be making these decisions. And Dolly. eventually it is. But the slippery slope, what you were saying, the slippery slope of, well, we're just going to use it for these extreme cases. Well, then who decides what's an extreme case and what's the morality around the, you know, what's the morality around the science and all that? It's the same. I, the thing I keep going back to over and over again is the creation of the, the atomic fission and, you know, and oh, look, we've got a, we, all this power and the weapon and, and who's going to, who's going to keep us from blowing ourselves up while we maybe use this for medical research? I mean, you know, yeah. it's like a, it's a, it's a piece of knowledge. It's an apple off the old tree of knowledge that can we, can we harness it before we blow ourselves up with it? And yeah, um, uh, and Dolly was the, the name of the thing. sheep, Larry, in case you missed it. Thank um, you, every, Dolly the we sheep. We had many, many people in our chat. Thank you. Uh, thank you everyone for, for clarifying that. Someone was and, saying, are we ever going to look at the chat examples? And we will, we will. I, you know, I always go back and scroll for two hours uh, at the end. So, but there's a lot of good stuff uh, in the chat. The, uh, yes, Larry scrolls for two hours at the end of the show and just has a show by himself, unbroadcasted, just talking to the camera by himself and no one's watching. Um, the chat, what do you mean? <laughs> the, um, it, it's a, it's a, a tough thing for us to, hmm. to kind of think about, Larry, because there's, there's a few things that come into play here. So one is our, um, how our culture and social expectations impact all of this sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. will we be able to, um, get to a future where we're going to edit, where, where we can very easily edit the, uh, the skin color of, um, of, of our, of our embryos? Mm-hmm. And will our cultural biases and, and racism, um, will that play out in, uh, the future, future humans that are born? Um, and Will we all become why is everyone in the thirty second century not all blandly gray? <laughs> it it it's it, it gives me hope that we did not make that decision, mm-hmm. that we, we traveled down a different path. Um the other thing to think about too, when it gets to the laws of nature, you know, when we develop the ability to have organ transplants, that mm-hmm. was seen at the time as a as a major ethical conflict that are we breaking with the laws of nature. And uh, when are we pushing things beyond a ethical, a moral limit? And then also, Larry, when are we just um, getting very good at solving those problems? We've been we've been doing genetic manipulation with plants for thousands of years. Well, I was going to say the whole debate now about GMO, get it out of human yeah. uh, of organic human bodies and just put it into vegetation. The GMO debate is all about this. And are we yes. are we lessening species diversity are we introducing all kinds of long-term problems from eating less diverse from ingesting less diverse plants much less what we're doing to the environment you know and mass you know the mass agriculture side of it is a different well these are plants that are easier for us to grow in the ton you know well is that even healthy much less yeah 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 no i mean when when we when our species move from mostly gathering with a little bit of hunting people say hunter gatherer which is a 
major edit in how our how our species worked. We were mostly gathering very little hunting. When we moved from there to agricultural, Hunter-y. we became much uh-huh. our the the diversity of the food that we ate became much more limited and made us much more vulnerable to things like famine. Because if one crop got wiped out, a huge source of food supply was gone. So, um, but along with that, we've been editing. We've been editing plants. We've been selectively um, growing plants in in ways that uh, that help us grow more food, more bountiful food, make it more resistant to problems that might come up. And similarly with organ transplantation, there are problems with transplanting organs. Even if you have a perfect match, you are likely going to be on medications which uh, reduce the chances that your body rejects that organ. Um, it's not an absolute guarantee that your body is going to accept that organ. So are we breaking the laws of nature there, Larry? Or are we bending them? Or are we understanding them? And uh, this is our evolutionary advantage. We're just understanding how nature works and using it to our advantage. Right. Statistical probabilities, this episode and this storyline in mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine, better than a lot of the other things we're talking about, like Threshold, brings up these questions. And there's no easy answers for this, Larry. Because some of the most you know imperfect bodies, minds... Um, have been the most brilliant ones. A brilliant mind for one movie. But, um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and I've just gone blank on his name. Good grief. Um, a beautiful uh, mind, were you thinking? John Nash? No, 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 no. Uh, brief history of time. Uh, you know, uh, Hawking. Oh! Hawking. Yeah, Stephen Hawking. Um, yeah, yeah, is a perfect yeah. example, too. I mean, if we, if we were all Klingon about it and we just, or, you know, Nazi and, and, um, I mean, I mean, uh, policy. And we just called out, apart from whoever else, a eugenic like, we policy. called out the genetic, you know, misfits and the defects. If we did that, you know, the old thing about uh, whatever we do, oh, is that going to be the guy or the gal that cures cancer or whatever? That that whole thing, you never know who, what people are going to be able to contribute. But, um, you know, just well, this, that, whole, um, this debate about the, the crisping and the DNA manipulation at birth and all that and then what happens um, – just the fact of what we're doing slow, long term, like people talk about the environmental effects. Look at the creation of our, you know, all of this, all the digital technology and how our brains are evolving. I mean, evolution is happening, whether we were just a slave to whatever happened, you know, oh, an asteroid hit the Earth and killed the dinosaur, whatever is going on. But inventing these things and how our minds are adapting to using digital, you know what I'm saying, uh, badly here. These are all impacts. Some of them are just slow to happen. Maybe we don't think about the invention of digital handheld technology and wireless connectivity as big an effect as being able to change DNA in the fetus, but um, it's still having – it may be a longer-term impact, but it's still having an impact on us, and people are barely being aware of the consequences. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's really um, more like we should have a whole topic on that sometime. But anyway, I, I'm looking at though. Here's the thing from the chat. So back at 11:01, Tim said they said the Earth was flat. Columbus proved it was round. They say the sound barrier couldn't be broken. Again, R.I.P. Um, to Chuck Yeager. They said the sound barrier couldn't be broken. It was broken. They said the warp barrier, the warp speed, could not be achieved, and it was. So part of this is what I was saying about the maturing of having a breakthrough. And then dealing with the after effects 
But that's a process. That's a timeline. And how do you protect something you might, un- you know, I think of the, the watch dial ladies that were painting radium on watches and a whole mm-hmm. generation of, of women that died of cancer. Yeah. Cause, you know, I just watched the Marie Curie, uh, document, uh, movie where they all, I didn't realize that she and her daughter and husband, when they died, they had to be buried in lead lined coffins because they were so radioactive. Wow. Yeah, sorry to bring you down there, but anyway. No, like, I mean, this all is... These, right, all these like cautionary tales, eventually we do learn to deal with whatever the breakthrough was, but sometimes it's like it's a narrow, it's a narrow path to surviving to be able to afford to find the breakthrough if there's an unintended consequence. Right, right. Say that to the Mary's Planet people, right. Um, Dan mentions we've been enacting genetic modification on cats and dogs for ages, and um, uh, and uh, and and what animals? And I mean cows and horses, and I mean domesticated yes, animals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean one of the um, one great way for us to individually make some change with climate change is to eat less meat. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have a tremendous effect. We we eat so much more meat than. Um, Depending on where you are in the world, um, but definitely in the United States, we eat a lot more meat than uh, than we have in in the past, and it has a huge impact on our climate and our consequences. But cats and dogs are a really interesting example where um, dogs have their evolutionary history coming from wolves, and they have largely lost a lot of the abilities that they had as wolves um, for individual survival and of... Uh, mm-hmm. Of sort of right, wolves, the wolf culture is very advanced, and they they actually have a lot of ways of sort of self regulating themselves so that they don't eat too much and they don't have too much surplus. But uh, dogs have lost that. But what dogs have gained, dogs are very very good at picking up on human emotion. We've trained them very well. We have we are in this symbiotic relationship with with dogs and, and cats, mm-hmm. and we've created those changes. So. Where, um, where is this line? Um, it's very, very difficult to know. I want to just, uh, share a couple of more examples, uh, before we kind of move on. Um, we don't have to dive into this one too much because we've talked about it in the past, but Star Trek Insurrection is another, uh, great example of, yeah. uh, trying to have youth, trying to extend life. The Fountain and, of Youth. Um, the yeah. Fountain of Youth, this beautiful place, which was where again, Larry? No, was... that's that's the K3. Oh, no, 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 never mind, never mind, never yeah. mind. Um, uh, <laughs> but let's talk about, in. Um, we, we haven't talked about Enterprise yet. And uh, this, this is what? from... This is the Guardians that I was talking about. The Guardians trying to retro, talk about terraforming. They were trying to spaceoform all space to fit their... You know, 90, 99% of life forms have evolved in this domain, and they came in trying to re- – the whole thing with the Expanse was trying to retrofit uh, a domain for them to live in as an invasion, and that was an example of one of their – that was the test guy, you know, offering his life to go see what would happen if it wasn't – if it wasn't corrected for them, and he winds up dying, but um, after it causes a lot of chaos and damage, of course, for a good plot, but – or a so-so <laughs> plot. But anyway, but yeah, that's an example of another, another, you know, the arrogance of people coming in. Uh, and we could even say it about us. Terraforming is great. In Wrath of Khan, they're looking for a planet that has no life on it at all. And what is, what does he say about, uh, yeah, the Genesis device is a. Genesis? 
<laughs> Again, it's like it's a weapon, but oh no, we can use it for good too. Well, it's uh, what is what is he said? Is there there better not be? She says there better not be one microbe in the matrix. Yeah. And he says, oh, and then they went, oh damn, we found life signs on, on the planet. Anyway, and it was the city Alpha Five, Six, disaster. But then Genesis was a created planet that you know, oh, he put proto matter. Oh, the scientist gone wrong. He put, it's like, what is there like a, they never do say, was it just an, I always thought that protomatter was his, his, his experiment. Not that there was like the Federation laws against using protomatter in science experiments. I don't know, but there it was. And yeah, the gave a great dramatic scene in a great line for Kirk stomping on Kruge's face. But, um, you know, I, um, I'm, I am reminded of one of my Favorite movies. Um, the first movie I ever saw that I really felt like it transported me to another time and place uh, for those two hours that I was oh. watching in the theater, which is Jurassic Park. Um, and the famous line from Ian Malcolm, uh, Jeff Goldblum, you scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. should. Um, which is a just a wonderful way of encapsulating a lot of what we're talking about here. It's the same um, thing McCoy said when he watched the Genesis tape for the first time. Genesis forbidden. <laughs> you always Is that what he said? No, he said, Dear God, do you think we're uh he started oh. stumbling around. He was so gobsmacked, he was at a loss for words. Yeah, so yeah, the, the, where they watched the effect and uh the briefing of what the Genesis device is. The that's first beautiful... time they watched the Genesis tape, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a beautiful scene. I believe I said um, that, Doctor. Okay. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> um, and and last but not least, um even our one of our newest episode or newest series, Lower Decks, features uh a storyline where uh um, Oh look, the they, dog. They did it. Yeah, speaking of dogs, they didn't stop to think if they should. They just did. And it had a uh, very negative. I'm sorry. Answers. We're talking about Tendy and did you stop to think? Okay. Mm. There we go. She's a little bit um, wearing that blue science uniform being as impetuous as she is. But <laughs> Larry, the chat really wants you to no longer say Genesis around me because they know what the consequences are. We, this is the law, law of nature. Point folks. taken. Point taken. If you, okay. if you reference the planet Genesis, I will reference <clears throat> that air alien with the, the poor man's Yoda voice um, in that terrible say, Starfleet I, uh, cantina. I'll just use a code word. This will be like the... <laughs> This will be like buying a mattress sketch on Monty Python. I'll use a code word <laughs> instead of the real word. So, so, Larry, I think just we... Say, um, I'll just say Exodus, or I'll say, uh, you know... <laughs> let's, let's, let, let's close We're so up. far behind today. Yeah, let's jump yeah. into this Counselor's Log. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a very quick Counselor's Log. And this one is a, this one is a hard one for me, because um, there's many ways I could, I could take this Counselor's Log. The Counselor's Log is where I, I tried to do a little bit deeper dive into some of the psychological science behind what we're talking about. The psychological science talk- I, screwing with science? So yeah, like- yeah. Like, wh- where do I go? Do I talk about hubris? Do I talk about um, more cultural societal things? Do I talk about more species level things? And I always want to make this useful to you in some way, help you to understand your own life right now. So um, I've got two things that I want to talk about. Um, habituation and affective forecasting. What the heck do those things mean? I think they're, they're at the heart of a lot of the problems we've talked about from 
um, our our switching over from gathering and hunting to being more of an um, agrarian uh, species to coding to and programming. Yeah. To coding and programming, to creating artificial, to creating synths in Star Trek Picard, mm-hmm. to um, to what we've done with uh, nuclear weapons, to um, the example, to Threshold. Um, yeah, this this might help to understand what's happening in Threshold. So uh, habituation simply means we get used to things that remain the same. Um, everything from uh, you might be hearing like. Um, a white noise in the background, like some kind of humming in the background. Over time, you get used to it. We get used to temperature that we're in. Um, we get used to um, sights and sounds and sensations of the environments we're in. Um, uh, people who win the lottery feel a spike up in, in their happiness when they, when they first get all that money. And a year later, most of them are feeling the same way. So this has not only helped us, to this ability to get used to things has not only helped us to colonize this entire planet and live in every single environment in this planet and then also in outer space. Not only is it our key to being able to adapt to these different situations, it's also a huge problem, Larry. It's a huge problem because as we get used to circumstances, um, it's very easy to start pushing forward. And that gets to the other concept, which is affective forecasting. We're very good at imagining different scenarios. We're very good at sharing stories. We're very good at um, at thinking about what might be. And these two things, when they come together, uh, can help us to create large civilizations and cities and to cooperate across thousands and thousands of people, if not millions of people. Mm -hmm. But this is also what is behind some of these (laughs) biggest problems that we have is we, it's very easy for us to get bored of a situation and then to imagine what might be. Um, That's not something that really happens with the, uh, with non-humans. Um, Non-humans are much better at living in balance with their environment. Um, most of the other apex predators, whether we're talking about sharks or lions, they tend You're not to... You're talking about to... non-humans on Sol 3. I'm talking about non-humans on on on, uh, on planet Earth, yeah, okay. in our in the prime timeline. I'm not talking about uh, non-humans, Andorians, Vulcan, because it was... No, the, this is actually... that's Adaptability that is what brought the Federation together among humans. That's, so. Yeah, 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 I agree. And um, and humans were a big part of bringing the Andorians and Vulcans and... Tellerites! Um, uh, um, Tellerites, yes, thank you. Bringing them together. Um, I think humans' flexibility... And our ability to imagine a different future is, is, is what led to the founding of the Federation. Um, however, it's also a big source of these problems that we have seen. It's a big source of why you're so excited when you get the new phone and then two weeks later you're kind of bored of it. And when you start being fed a story of how amazing the next model is, you want that next one. Mm-hmm. Um, we get used to things that remain the same and it's easy for us to imagine a different future. Um, so what to do about that? Stay tuned. I'll, I'll get back to that in, in the away mission. Um, 
With that, Larry, I want to turn it over to you. Let's do a little, oh. uh, let's do K3 Factor. Okay. Now you can bring up the, this will be short also today. So I was thinking about, you know, pushing the laws of nature, pushing what you can get away with, even when it's totally innocent and unintended. And my mind went, and I don't know, there's times like that over, over the years. K3 also, guys, is for everybody who's new with us, if you're still there, and I saw all those new names. Uh, K3 is my corner of this mess to, <laughs> to do what we do in Trekland elsewhere through all my other projects and do a little background behind the scenes dive according to our theme of the day. So the laws of nature, what came to mind here was it wasn't nefarious or evil, but it was just, oh, look what's next on the schedule. So 1997, 1998 is rolling around and they're trying to figure out what to do to top the movie first contact for the next next generation movie because it was the most you know they were on a high and aside from the tortured story of poor michael pillar and how he came up with the script for or how the script was hammered out by committee actually poor michael um for insurrection that we actually did a watch party for a couple months ago i think i mentioned this on the watch party so maybe this was not totally new to everybody but basically how part of the idea was that they would go out and spend a ton of money on a location, a big location, and make, give it all this epic and, uh, epic and scale nature that you know movies love to talk about. So they went out and built this – that whole Baku village was built live on location out here in the west part of the valley at a new place, built from scratch along a little river that they, they flooded up and made into – or a pond that they made look like a river. All this great stuff for the Baku village. Unfortunately, they didn't realize – well, they knew, but they didn't think about it, I think. <laughs> the biggest investment in an outdoor location built set ever for Star Trek, and it came during the uh, El Nino year. And that was the year oh, that people, people had been yeah. stumbling – somehow we'd gotten through entire the entirety of human evolution without anybody but meteorologists – Knowing what an El Nino was, the El Nino yeah, for, and for the El Ninos. For those who probably aren't West Coasters in the United States uh, or living around the Pacific, can you explain what the El Nino is? Well, I should have boned up on this. It's basically, it's an aberration depending on the on the atmosphere and the ocean currents. There's a cycle. I think it's every seven or speaking of your seven year cycle, seven eight year cycle. Uh, when the mix of atmosphere and ocean temperatures really make it rainy. Yeah. Along the western coasts of the Pacific, you know, I get when it, that when it, every every seven years when it rains like that, it also you're going to hear the music that goes dun It's it's this phenomenon. It just happens naturally. Wow, I'd forgotten that part of it. Um, <laughs> but basically, long story not so short was that. That wonderful outdoor village that they had built early and was all ready for, you know, filming was completely like drenched and flooded. And I'm sorry, I don't have a picture of it. Uh, I've got location shots that I cannot find. I spent an hour last night trying to find them, but I did. That was a, that shot that you had there. If you put it up again, it's actually not just the production shot. It's, it's a, it is a behind the scenes because you see the trucks at one end. This was like you had to walk through a pasture. Can you, can you blow it up? Yeah, see on there on the left, you see some of the trucks and trailers at the end of the village. Um, but that was oh, yeah. all – those buildings were made – you know, they were plywood and wood and painted, but some fiberglass maybe. But they were all ruined and had to be totally rebuilt in a hurry after they'd done them early and everything was all relaxed. They had to go back in and hire extra construction to rebuild that. And then when you think about how they had to redo the um, – 
<laughs> the visual effects at the end have a bigger a bigger bang. That poor movie got a lot more spin on it than was budgeted. But that was the case where the production of Star Trek it wasn't exactly trying to create a problem, but it's just where it oh, ran afoul. Ran afoul. I, I'm understanding the connection to the laws of nature here. You didn't. I thought El Nino would be the key. But yeah. So no, um, I'm now picking up on it. Thank the you. The biggest outdoor expenditure, the biggest outdoor footprint for a production shoot they ever made. Way bigger even than the than the Bozeman than the Resurrection City up in the up in Angeles Crest Mountains for. First contact. That was a little village they built. This was like times ten, and um, yeah, and Mother Nature totally. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature, and she totally wiped it out in that El Nino year, and they had to rebuild. And even then, it kept right after that when it, they were worried about rain, they at least covered the. They had tarps out covering the buildings, and and fingers crossed. Anyway, that was the mm-hmm. time I think Nature crossed Star Trek, the worst of all. Huh. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other Star Trek films, big productions, um, and yeah, none, none are really yes, coming Even the mind. Kelvins, they have not done that much. No, no, well, no, 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 outdoor, no. But outdoor the, where it got them in trouble, yeah. Well, I mean, what's, what's been cool about the Kelvin movies is they've done a lot of location shooting, but those were mostly in, interior locations where, uh, they, they did the Budweiser, uh, plant for right. 2009. They did the, um, uh, didn't they do the, uh, particle accelerator for Star Trek in the Darkness for the, um, yeah, the up Brit- at, um, uh, the lab by the yeah, back. Yeah, Lawrence what Livermore? No, is it Lawrence Livermore? Yeah, yeah, it was at Lawrence yeah. Livermore. Yeah. Yeah, that was a beautiful set. I love that warp core. Um, one of these days, like the brewery of okay, forget it. Okay. <laughs> Larry, uh, one of these days we're gonna do this uh, live watch. No, it's um, like it's like all these. Ca- it's like all cables and bolts. It's like that's the, not the particle accelerator in uh, Europe, the world's largest one. What is that called again? The, the CERN? CERN. Yeah, yeah. I'd love for them to C-E-R-N. do for. I'd love to see some Star Trek over there. I just feel like that that needs to happen. That place looks like a warp core. Um, uh, Larry disagrees. Larry, you just want more. No, I didn't disagree. Matter. I was I was doing the particle. I was doing the that was. Yeah, I was doing the particle acceleration cycle. Oh, that was particle acceleration. Yeah, that, that was, was like oh, oh, going around the circle. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know that was the international was symbol for particle acceleration. <laughs> um. All right. Um, uh, I was looking something up and I can't remember now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hello, uh, Triangulum. Um, welcome. Welcome here. Um, Just let's never see. let it happen again. Okay. Um, okay. I, I forgot what I was going to say. So if we, if I forgot wait, what I was going to say, wait, how Michigan. about? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. I'm done um, with the, oh, I was done with the K3, but I was just going to say my bit, but we can do it at the end. Okay, so Away Mission, um, I'm going to make it really quick. So today what I've been talking about is this uh, this idea of habituation and of affective forecasting. And a few people, uh, there's uh, there were some comments that came in uh, about it. Nathaniel asked, uh, Ali, is everyone capable of being that flexible? Isn't the implicit message of the episode that inability uh, that inability to assimilate? So um, what I'm talking about in, uh, in terms of habituation is it's so basic and fundamental. It, it happens all the time. I'm not talking about big level, 
um, adapting. I'm talking about adapting to sounds in your environment. I'm talking about uh, buying something new and then a few weeks later not being excited about it anymore. Um, I'm, I'm talking about uh, you start eating a meal and the first few bites taste really good and the last few bites feel kind of the same. Um, so how do you how do you deal with this problem as it relates to these bigger problems we experience with the laws, laws of nature? And um, there's a small as well as a big solution here. And they're both, they're both kind of the same. Um, you, you really have to um, get out of your bubble. And so what do I mean by that? This is more the, the big level change here. And um, we talked about genetic engineering. We talked about propulsion technologies. We talked about new science. And a good parallel here is sort of the process that, that happened with uh, organ transplantation. Um, it was not just the, um, the scientists, the, the medical researchers who were at the forefront of those discussions. While they were developing these techniques, these discussions weren't just happening in scientific bubbles, but they were happening um, all over uh, the religious community, uh, philosophers, um, academics, your common everyday person uh, was engaged in this discussion. So whenever we're talking about new science and new research and new avenues that might break with the law or bend the laws of nature... This has to be a discussion that happens uh, widely. It has to be something that happens um, with uh, with a wide variety of people. You have to sort of get out of your bubble. Um, if if Tom Paris spoke to more people about uh, <laughs> breaking warp uh, the warp barrier there and going warp ten, maybe it might not have happened. Maybe uh, maybe a few people would have brought up concerns that he hadn't really considered. So uh, that's on the big level. And on the individual level, what you can do here, um, you know, one of the big challenges I talked about is not just habituation, but affective forecasting of imagining how great it might be if I am able to do this or that. We're very bad at imagining how we're <laughs> at predicting how we're going to feel in the future. We're very bad at predicting what it's going to be like. Oh, I just can't wait for this pandemic to be over, Larry, because then I'll be able to do X, Y, Z. Um, all of these sort of things, right? Um, most of the time, we're very wrong with how we predict we're going to feel in the future. So right. what do you do? Individually, what we can do is we need a future future guy. Um, you might remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a few theories going around that future Ted Danson is a future guy. And I, I kind of like that. that it's future moment. Sam Malone. Is okay. <laughs> um, actually no, he's why so what like, um yeah. what i mean wh what i mean by uh by t have a future guy is uh talk to someone who already has experience living the future that you want talk to someone who already has experience doing the thing that you might think is going to solve all your problems and ask them what it's actually like um and what you'll find is that feedback from that other person is going to be far more helpful to you than you imagining what that better future might be like. So, um, so there we go. There's an individual level thing and there's a big societal social level thing. I hope. And those are the official terms, right? 
the individual guide- level thing and the societal yes. level thing. Yes, okay. it's a very precise term. Uh, it's as precise as you get on a Saturday morning uh, with uh, Ali, who has not yet had Two his mugs. breakfast. Two mugs. Um, hailing frequencies open, Larry. Um, we've got so many fantastic comments. Um, let's let's kind of uh, dive into to all of this. I, yeah, I was. I've been while you've been pontificating. I was trying to circle back and look at some of the things so zahir says early at 1101 zahir said did they ever figure out what caused the virus that made the enterprise d crew devolve in um in genesis, in genesis? yeah and they did i, I will i'll spare folks my genesis it's in the yeah. episode it's a, a was it a retrovirus huh was Say it what? some kind of retrovirus that activated something in DNA? Crusher, Crusher activated a dormant virus. I'm trying to think. There was, a, I want to say, a T cell or something. Yeah, a, she gave him a T, a synthetic T cell to let his immune system fight off a virus. And was it, it Barclay? Yes. Or, no, it Bar- Riker. was the total. Yeah. Huh? No, it was Barclay. Barclay. Yeah. 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 He was being psycho. Uh, uh, um, he was being, you know, thought he had. What, What's when you think you have an illness? I've gone blank. Um, anyway, oh, he was coming. Um, he's constantly streaming in with all his imagined diseases, and she was like, "Oh, you really do? Okay, I'll do this." Anyway, yeah, yeah Barkley definitely has this uh, health anxiety. Health anxiety is the simplest way to talk about it, but hi- hypochondriac. Hypochondriac. And, thank you. Yeah, 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 hypochondriac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But so that was in the episode, and then uh, Charlotte t- says it's always Barkley. I A B. It's always Barkley. Um, Jared had one at 1044. He said, this is a serious question for Ali. Is there a word for when articles of clothing affect the behavior of the wearer? Um, you know, um, Fabricosis? Uh, I don't know. Jared asked this question, right? Yeah. So, um, it, it's, it's kind of mixed. Um, uh, there's some research about, um, identity, what we wear, the roles we take on, um, and how, how what we wear can, um, can express all of those things. And we can, we can actually feel differently depending on what we wear. Some of that research has been challenged. Like, um, the Stanford prison study is a classic study that, um, about like the roles we take on, but it's been very much, uh, uh, in it from a contemporary lens is being looked at in a much more critical way. And there was also some famous research that came out a few years ago about um, your posture and how you stand and how it can change the way you feel. And some a lot of that research has been challenged and hasn't been replicated. So, Jared, this is a long way of me saying, I don't know, but um, a lot of that research is, uh, is uh, kind of uh, being hotly debated right now. Uh, and they had a little cross chat going on between Tim and Dan, Tim Hans and Dan Lecky, where Tim was saying, well, what if something like, uh, someday we're going to have that mix, you know, animal human interaction to create a virus that we cannot find, um, we can't fight or at least fight soon enough. We go all merry planet. And Dan said at 1047, uh, that it, he said it's already happened. There have been cases found in the Amazon that are entirely unlike any virus we know of. And I was just thinking, gosh, I wonder why I haven't heard about this. And then apparently that's why <laughs> no one has ever survived to tell us about. Oh, wait. No. Anyway, uh, but yeah, we, <laughs> well, that, that, that danger line may be there uh, sooner than we thought or than we, you know, you know what? Um, before the pandemic of uh, of COVID-19 ATP. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's two big things that really concerned me about our health as a species. So one was the growing resistance um, to um, to um, uh, what's it called? Antibacteria. Uh, Larry, I'm blanking right now. Um, what's what? Uh, antibacteria. Um, uh, growing resistance to what's it? Our, uh, uh, someone's going to help me in the comment section. I'm not um, still exactly sure what you're asking, but okay. Antibiotics. Antibiotic resistance. Um, that's yeah, for, so, that's not for viruses. That's for. No, uh, I know. For, for, yes, yes, yes. yes okay. That's why I was, yeah. Antivirals so, would be medicines for, okay. Yeah, no, um, and right on cue, here's our chat. Antibiotics. Um, uh, Tim says 2020, the year, the year to forget. Um, the yeah. year, 2020 is the year we don't make contact, I believe. And the <laughs> With ourselves. Forget. Yeah. Um, so I, I was very concerned about the growing um, um, resistance uh, to antibiotics um, because they've been such a miracle, uh, a miracle drug for, for humanity, and they are not functioning as well anymore. That's one thing I was concerned about. But um, a lot of this, I, I think, gets back to environment because my, my other fear is with the polar ice caps melting, uh, we are releasing things into the atmosphere that have been frozen for thousands of years. And there is a risk of, um, of viruses that we will be exposed to that humanity has absolutely no resistance to. I mean, we're, we were quite fortunate that this was a novel coronavirus. It was a new version of a virus that we had some understanding of already, a class of viruses that we had some understanding of as uh, already. But what might come out of our polar ice caps, um, that really concerns me. We've, uh, we're warming the planet and we do not know what the long-term consequences are mm -hmm. going to be here. Um, oh, and here's a couple of announcements. Jared says that the premiere of the Life Support Live morning show will be at the Life Support Live retreat at 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York. <laughs> that is wishful thinking. About 1051, yeah. Um, uh, I'm just, I'm sorry. Are you coming up from the bottom? Your standard? I'm coming up from the bottom. Yep. Um, thanks everybody for Dolly the Sheep. I can't believe I forgot that. Yes. See how things slip out of your, uh, Literally. Um, <clears throat> yes, and Dolly was just, I was conflating some things there. Dolly was just a clone, not an edit, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, and I did want to say, I saw some new names today, so hi. Uh, shout out to Jody Cerner and Dennis, I think, new today. Dennis Tremethic, or Tremethic, sorry, but Dennis and Johnny Beal. So always curious and interested and excited to see new folks in the community here. Uh, yeah, you're coming up from the bottom. I'm only, I'm only a half hour behind now. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, this topic we had is interesting. It was, again, inspired by all the time jumping and all that, the dimension in time jumping. Um, yeah. Boy, talk about, I, here's a thing today, Ollie. I got up mad that my OU game wasn't going to be on TV, and then I finally figured out why it's not on TV today. Why is that? They canceled OU West Virginia. They canceled the game because of COVID. 
either people because are of the surge of, of yeah the, virus the surge and maybe yeah. because people have been exposed and they're not sick but they're in, everybody's in lockdown protocol and so like nobody's they they was close to that last week they were losing people yeah. and um, apparently so anyway I didn't realize that yesterday they had canceled the game because I'm not in local orbit but it's like oh my oh. god um, speaking of things that we don't want canceled. Uh, Larry, um, you just had a big open house, uh, this week mm. mm-hmm. and, um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what's going on in, um, uh, oh, portal 47. Uh, well, week. thank you for asking. No, it's been crazy time. And a lot of, a lot of our lifers were there Wednesday night. So it was good to see everybody there. Um, had a wonderful talk with David Carson, who directed Generations and Yesterday's Enterprise and the DS9 pilot Emissary. And we had some uh, thank you, Cairo. Time for Teller Prime. Um, I hope you didn't mind when I yelled at you a while ago, but dead gummit. Um, <laughs> no, please. I'm, I've been forgetting a lot I today. You were doing that on purpose, and then I really no, no, I never. I never want to uh, dismiss our our Tellerite uh, founders. Of the I never, I never forget them on purpose. Um, what's worse then? No. Uh, so we had a great time Wednesday night. The open house. It's going. The recording is up for everybody. For everybody, if you were there, you have the recording coming. But if you missed it, um, we had. A, I had some specials there. But this opens the door to finally. I'm so behind on my holiday season here, out of things Trekland. But uh, if you can put it up. Uh, yeah. The holiday gift this year, our holiday deal is I'm just going to repeat the one that a lot of people enjoyed last year, which is action. And maybe it means more this year because we're also isolated. But it's it's basically six months of Portal 47 in a box. <laughs> so the the membership pin and the uh, I have a few cards left of Gene Roddenberry's last Christmas little card they would enclose with orders from Lincoln Enterprises. Um, and, but six months of Portal 47. Uh, in this little gift box, so you can give it as a gift, or you can put it under your own tree in your own little lockdown Christmas village. And I've got the, the the page isn't even up on my site yet, but it'll be up there today. And I'll just show everybody. Basically, it's you get you pay for four months and you get six, so it's a whole half a year um, for that price. And you get some doodads on the some swag and those things there. And um, anyway, I, for some reason, the box there it is. Um, this will be on, I'm only doing the actual math here, the nitty gritty, because it's not online yet, but it'll be up, uh, here just in the next couple of hours. So anyway, you're, um, you're getting six months for the price of four, um, no, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, with all the gift boxes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a rough two or three weeks. Too, uh, too, too, too so, early to be doing the math there. <laughs> if you, uh, Seriously, Portal 47. This, we just had our fifth anniversary open house, and uh, we're looking at year six here. And hopefully, when the vir- when the lockdowns go away, we'll open up uh, Trekland Treks again and doing our day tours here around L.A. But I can say that Ali, uh, um, Ali Terrace and I That's are me. already planning the big Geek Nation tour tour for uh, before the August Star Trek convention. And hopefully this will all be lifted by by that time. So um, that's coming back too. So hopefully, as things come back, I can do my day tours around LA, also our treks. So, yeah, I mean, I look forward to twenty twenty one. But what's so up? With I, LA? I mean, um, what's up with me? What, what's up with that? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about this. Um, what's up with yeah, that? Speaking of what's up with that? Okay. Yeah, you remember that? I love that that sketch from. They just uh, brought it back. Or, they just had the. They re- did. 
Yes. Oh, oh, well, I haven't. It's been he a while. Since hosted I've seen or he was on for something, and yeah. they brought it back in the last. Maybe that was a lockdown show. I don't know. So you know, I've been thinking. I've been uh, last last uh, late last night in the United States. The um, uh, the Pfizer uh, mm-hmm. coronavirus uh, vaccine was approved, and in uh, the UK, the vaccine was approved earlier. There we go, weekend. messing with obvious death. What right do we have to try to forestall? No, I'm go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if we had more time, we could talk about vaccines and and all of that. There's there's a lot. Of, uh, what's the law of nature there? But I've been, um, my wife and I were talking about what does this mean for 2021? And the New York Times has this um, interesting feature where you can enter in your your demographics and they'll tell you what spot you are in in the in line. I just heard about this. I just heard. Yeah. About, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much at the dead end. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, fortunately, I'm not a frontline essential worker who's getting exposed to the virus. Um, I also don't have the health vulnerabilities. Um, I am also not um, at the age range. So, like, for everything, the people who should be getting the vaccine are not me. Um, and that means People like me, who are a big chunk of the workforce, um, are not going to be getting the vaccine until much later in 2021. And so I think what that means is the people returning to work, we're probably not going to see that for a very long time, even though we are going to start distributing this vaccine. So 2021, uh, what's up with me? What's been on my mind is thinking about how 2021 is, is likely going to be a big transition year where there's going to be a lot of what we saw in 2020, but a lot more loosening and more comfort in being able to see other people. Um, but it's, it's not, it's going to be kind of a reconstruction year where things yeah. aren't going to feel completely normal, but they are going to feel much less uncertain than this right. year has felt. Well, and the the vaccine rollout globally, if not in the U.S., and the U.S. is a big chunk. I mean, the smaller countries will can be national about it much quicker. But we're it's going to be months. They were ta- they're trying to caution people now. This is like a million doses we have. Yeah, and the dipshits didn't buy more. And we've got all these other companies working on their own. We've still got lots of companies working on their own formulas. For vaccines too, two or three of them have been in the news. Also, this is just the first from Pfizer and that amalgamation of companies. Mm-hmm. But a million—it's a two-part dose. So they talk about a million doses. That's only a half a million people, and we're at what two hundred thirty million or three hundred twenty? I forget which. But there's a ton of people, even to get to some kind of a threshold, to to not let it go to herd immunity to to get most where it makes sense that's going to be months and months and months and months even for this round of vaccine to take effect but this is such a minority of the people going to the first the first round of people to get it right so yeah we're going to be you know and i worry about i'm hoping especially with the change in leadership i'm hoping that the the that proximate that uh, priority list is handled responsibility responsibly but i know there's always people who have the means to cut in line and sure. pull strings. That's that's a vast minority of people, but it's still going to be months before there's enough vaccine out, before the effect takes hold, before all the damage that's been done can be righted. And yeah. you know, I I was talking about Vegas in August. I hope 
things are so we may be feeling more comfortable as you just said about it all but it still may take time yeah time and time what is time it still may take time to play out the process yeah um someone's gonna have to fact check us on the numbers um i thought i read a hundred million doses for the united states which really means fifth that's uh, what 50 i was saying million yeah. doses because yeah. it's it's a two-shot vaccine Did I misspeak? Yeah. that's what i meant i meant to say it was yeah. half the number of people as the right number right doses. right and and we we still don't know it i mean the vaccine gives you a resistance to developing uh covid19 but we don't know if it also reduces transmission of COVID-19. So, um, in other words, as Cairo mentioned, you still have to wear your face mask because, um, you might, we don't know yet if, uh, if you'd still be at risk for, for passing the, the virus along. Someone here asked, um, I'm surprised you didn't mention the XBs. And right. I thought about point, that. Yeah. I, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting like what the context was for XBs. The XBs are um, liberated or deborgified. Oh no, 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 yeah, no, I remember that, but I don't remember in the context of our discussion since our discussion kind of looked the, like this today. The laws of nature was our theme. So XBs, yeah, uh, well, laws of nature. Yeah, borgification <laughs> is against the law of nature to begin with. I mean, you're sure, you know, sure. <laughs> there you go. That's our answer. Uh, <laughs> I honestly don't remember. I mean, I love the XB storyline as it as it relates to um, healing and growing from mm-hmm. trauma and the difficulty of uh, in the ways in which trauma affects people's lives. But that's a theme for another day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I don't I don't remember uh, more about the context, so I apologize. Well, I for like that. I like this point Cairo made here. Uh, we were talking about the. Um, you, when you did, when you broke out in the Amok Time fight song, oh yeah, Cairo said that music is what everyone knows magically, and when you track the mm. source of it, you find that it comes from a distress call of someone named El Nino, <laughs> in the middle of a nebula, apparently. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Um, is your is that. your mystery project something that's going to be out in public, or is that still not to be discussed? Yeah, I mean, um, if folks want to know the the mental health startup I've been working on, um, if you go to loop.co, L-O-O-P dot C-O, you can get a, uh, you can see the beta. Our beta is out and it's available to, available to public. We're, we're trying to, um, create a real time mental health support when you need it. And, um, it's a support group based platform uh completely free of charge so you can check it out at loop.co it's still in beta we're still working through a lot of the issues there um but uh you can get a big sense of what what's been preoccupying my my day um if you go to loop.co you'll be able to to see a little bit more about that Uh, but we're excited and um um as as it's less in beta i'll be sharing more um more about that um, this is interesting. A lot of the chat, somebody who had asked earlier on, uh, I guess Jared asked about if wearing certain articles of clothing affects the behavior of the wearer. The chat, I totally went in a different direction. The chat is all talking about like military soldiers and policemen or actors in costume and all this. And oh, all the, I was thinking tactically, like there are people that cannot stand certain fabrics that touch well, them. Well, I mean, that's what all of the above. Went. And everybody else is talking about behaviorally. As far uh, as I mean, I mean, all of the above is true, and that's what makes um, this kind of research complicated, and it's it's really hard to sort of 
draw big conclusions. So like um, uniforms and um, the identity that comes with that, and in some cases, the anonymity that comes with that, all of that can hugely mm-hmm. impact the way you feel and the way you act. Um, there's there's a ton of research about masks. And I don't mean like like COVID masks. I mean like things that obscure your your identity um, very much change how you act. It's a process called de-individuation. The less you feel like an identifiable individual person, the more likely you are to uh, do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. Um, and so that is absolutely true. And also um, when it comes to the arts, and acting and playing a character, prosthetics and and costumes um, can really help you to to feel um, more, uh, to feel different, to talk different, to act different. Um, you feel less like yourself. You feel more like this other person. The conflicting research I was talking about is is much more about everyday wearing. So I think I saw this in the comments, like wearing a suit. Does wearing a suit make you feel more confident? Um, that kind of research is a little bit more wishy-washy. We don't have good conclusions about it. Um, so that's kind of what I was getting at. But yeah, there's um, it's it's wishy-washy it's is the one-dimensional, simpler edition of timey-wimey. Just yes, that so we know. Um, Charlotte says we appreciate what you do, Larry and Ali, and we appreciate you being here, Charlotte, and everyone, all the lifers here in the. Um, the life support live community. This is always um, a fun point of the week, and I uh, I think we had a lot of fun here today, Larry. It was silly, but it's I it, yeah I apologize for some extreme silliness that got in the way of our topic. But this topic, it's like, well, what would Star Trek do if every third show was about somebody somewhere trying to break, you know, ac- on purpose or accidentally break a law of nature? It's one of those topics that kind of just sprawls. It just kind of oozes like broken subspace all over the place. <laughs> there's a there's a metaphor for you one of these days Larry, we have to actually talk about what the heck subspace really is um and uh i think that could be you know in a in a psychological way <laughs> no no in a in a well, gonna, like drag andre or drag aaron in here to talk about subspace with us or whatever yes i would i would i would love that uh one of these days Thanks for listening to the Life Support Live podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on this episode. I'm at Alimatu on social media. And I'm at Larry Nemechek. Hey, if you like this show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review. It'll help more people to discover life support. And you can join the community at our Life Support Live Facebook group. If you'd like to learn more about psychology and mental health, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the psych show. And for a deeper dive into all things Trekland, like Portal 47, check out Larry Nimichek's Trekland on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, live long and prosper. Trek well, everyone.